Hi, listeners. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by The Draw Shop, and we've got something exciting for you. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been asked what you do? We all get asked this, right? Have you then answered and then got the response of totally glazed over eyes or just the look of someone politely smiling but definitely not caring? It sucks. I know. I've totally been there on both sides, actually. That's why my team and I at The Draw Shop now offer a service to help you perfect your elevator pitch so that people immediately understand how you can make their life better and so that you can use this anywhere in your marketing. It's the single statement that compels your prospects to take action right away. Here's what happens. You meet with an expert copywriter on our team to define the problem you solve, how you solve it, and the transformation your customers experience after working with you. From there, we'll turn that into a short and sweet elevator pitch just for you and create a compelling one-page visual story to help the world better understand your business and how you can help them. For a special limited time offer, we are offering you this service for one-third the usual price, valued at $1,500. Yep, 70% off. Again, this will only be available for a limited time, and we've already seen incredible results with our clients changing this one single statement. So to get your word perfect pitch today, head to www.thedrawshop.com forward slash elevator pitch now. That's www.thedrawshop.com forward slash elevator pitch. Okay, let's get into today's episode. I want people to understand the importance of building a business to sell it. Don't build it to hold on to it because the stats are pretty low as of the chance of you holding on to a business for decades. It's just, it really is low. Businesses change hands more than what people think they do. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Backstage Business. Today's an important episode for you to listen to, and it's something I may have, I may mention every now and then, because I think it's just something that we should really be thinking about, and that is selling your business. And I'm not saying that you need to go sell your business right now, but I think that it's really important for you to think about selling your business and what that exit strategy would look like. And the biggest reason I am telling you that is because it's so important to have your business set up in a way that would make somebody want to buy it. So if if it's not now, maybe it's years from now, who knows when it is. But if you go through the exercise of really thinking about what your business model is, what your profitability looks like, how much revenue are you generating? Do we have too many employees? Do we not have enough? Are we spending enough dollars here, not enough there? Those type questions to, to ask yourself, what does my team look like? What do my books look like? I think it's just so important because I I go through this exercise frequently as if I'm an outsider wanting to buy my business and I look at my financials and I look at the way my processes are and I have to do what makes sense to me to say, you know what, that's a business I want to buy. And I think it's just so, so great. And so I'm really excited to have Chad Peterson on today. He's the CEO of Peterson Acquisitions and he is an expert business broker and he's an award-winning M&A firm, mergers and acquisitions. He handles transactions that range between a million to $25 million range. And some of his deals do exceed 25 million, but that's kind of his sweet spot. He works with companies 
all over the United States and has completed international deals as well. And they were recently named by a publication as the number one ranked business broker in the United States. And what sets Chad apart from other business brokers is that he's got this incredible worth ethic and tenacity that are really rooted from his humble beginnings. And we'll hear a little bit about that and some stories and things that he's gone through in business that made this something that was really important to him. He's a self-made entrepreneur and he has been in the trenches. And those are my favorite people to talk to. He's started, built, and sold six of his own businesses as well. He's written books, a couple of them that we mention, one of them that you can get. So make sure that you listen. I would say towards the end of the episode, we talk about that and how you can get it. You can also look in the show notes to get that book. It's called Swinging Doors. He's also got a podcast called Business Brokers, The Buying, Selling, and Growing of Businesses. And today we're going to talk about business evaluation. We're going to talk about how do you get that valuation? How do you determine what your business is worth and what are those important factors that people are looking out for? And it is not just one simple formula of, hey, multiply this by this many times. It does depend on some other determining factors that Chad goes over with us. And I will say that, as you guys know, in my episodes, I'm really focusing on revenue, how you can grow your business by generating more revenue. And what are the things that need to be in place to do that? How do we do that? And how do we make you more profitable? And so if you know me and you've been listening for a while, you know that for me, marketing is like the most important part of that. And my whole goal with you guys is to talk about those and give you more tips when it comes to marketing, tips when it comes to building your sales funnel, what are the key components of that? And I want to talk about that in bite-sized pieces so that you can really execute. At the same time, it doesn't mean that all those other parts of your business aren't important as well. And so I like to bring in guests like Chad so that you have you know, something that you're thinking about when it comes to how you're running your business and how you can do it in the best way, most effective way that you can to the point where somebody would say, that's a business I want to buy and I will pay top dollar for that business. So lots of great nuggets to listen out for. Big takeaways for me were the valuation, how to look at that and what buyers may be thinking and, and what's important about the way that you run your books and the things that you're expensing that maybe you might want to take a second look at. So lots of great, great stuff in here. And with that, let's start. Chad, thank you so much for being with me today. I am so excited to dive into you and your genius. And I'm especially excited for our audience to hear all that you, you can offer us. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. First, I want to start before we dive in, just why, you know, this is something that became so important to you. Like what was your, what was your path leading up to today? Well, my path to make a long story really short, was that I was a self-employed guy from the very beginning, even as a young child, I was knocking on doors. I, I learned real early on that if I could do something and you paid me, then I was winning. <laughs> and so I would knock on doors and do the most crazy things for money. I mean, just as a young kid and it just kept growing and growing. And 
I built a company during my teenage years and I literally was making more than my teachers. And so not only did I have a total lack of respect for the public school system, but after I was making more than my teachers, I just really realized that they didn't have much to teach me. And I sold that business and I built several companies throughout my life. I built them and sold them and I didn't sell them myself. I sent them to brokers like myself to sell whenever I was done with them. Usually I'd run a business for about three years, maybe four, and then I would sell it. So I made many millions doing that. And eventually it got to a point where actually one of the brokers that that I used to sell my business. He said, Chad, you're so good at this. Why don't you just help other people sell their businesses rather than building your own? So I did. And I started doing it. And at first I was like a free consultant and that's the worst thing you can be. Yep. So I just started my book of business. This is eons ago, but started my book of business just by having one or two clients and really performing well for them. And then, you know, countless clients later, here we are. One of the biggest mistakes that I had made in my career before doing this was I had built a company. We were doing about $9 million a year in revenue and I didn't have an exit strategy. I didn't think I was ever going to exit. I got stuck in that myopic point of view that the self-employed seemed to get into. And I just thought, I'm going to do this forever. I mean, if you would ask me if I was going to do it for 500 years, I would have told you yes. I was so myopic in my approach. And the truth of it is that I should have sold it and I didn't. And I cost myself about $10 million. So that was a big lesson. And so that catapulted me into this with a, with just a, a grinding passion because I want people to understand the importance of building a business to sell it. Don't build it to hold on to it because the stats are pretty low as of the chance of you holding on to a business for decades. It's just, it really is low. Businesses change hands more than what people think they do. Yes, it's so true. I have so many questions that that I want to pull out of you because I know that they're the questions that our listeners are thinking about. And I'll repeat them again, but some of them are, you know, if I haven't thought about that, well, I thought I'd be in this business forever. You know, so many people start this business and they think this is it. I have to do this because I'm the face of this business. So I want to, I don't know if maybe demystify that or how can we shift that thinking? And then of course, I want to dive into what are the things to be thinking about, even if you're not ready to sell now, I always feel like, or what I have heard is that it's at least important to build your business as if you were, what does that exit strategy look like? Right. So here's the problem. It's actually more of a psychological problem than it is a business plan problem. The the Mm -hmm. psychological problem goes like this. Any successful business that's going to make it is born on passion. Now, passion has been thrown around a lot. Maybe it's an overused word in the business world anymore, but it really is true. If you, if you, if you keep digging into the human psychology as to why people do things, at the root of it, it covers so many needs for the person that it becomes a passion. And so it's a psychological contradiction to have so much passion and want to go do something and to win and succeed and get everything accomplished you wanted to get accomplished, whether it's spiritual need, it touches an emotional need, whether it's a financial need, whether it's possessions, whether it's competition, some people are just driven by competition, whatever it is, you won't see a business that's alive and thriving today unless it started with a big, giant passion. I mean, we wouldn't be driving automobiles right now unless Henry Ford was insanely passionate about what he was doing. Right. So, the psychological fupa there is 
how do you start a business and have such dedicated passion towards it, but yet have a back door at all time thinking you're going to get rid of it? So to answer your question in short is to tell your clients, to tell your audience, look, have all that passion, you know, have tons of passion. You're going to win. You're going to do it forever. Go after it like that, but always be making sure that you check in with a qualified broker who will be able to tell you what your business is truly worth. So every time that you go to tax to, you know, tax time with your accountant, you should also be checking with your broker to make sure you know what your business is worth. Because, you know, as a human, we have so many different passions and so much different variety that we seek in our life. You know, that's, there's, there's a reason I'm not still washing cars like I did when I was 14 years old. I mean, I've, I've moved on from that. So you can be highly passionate about something for three years, five years, six years, seven years, whatever it is, but you're going to move on. Okay. You're going to find something. In fact, this passion might lead to the next passion. So you're going to move on. So always be thinking, Hey, I could sell this if I wanted to. That's the best advice I could tell your audience. I could sell this if I wanted to, but don't be behind the curve and being myopic like I was and lose your opportunity to sell it in in case the market turns. And I think right now you're seeing a lot of people that wish they would have sold before this market turned from this coronavirus. What about people who are the key player in their business? In other words, the business was built on their name as as a brand. Well, that's a big misconception. People want to think they're a lot more important than what they are. So let's just say, <laughs> let's just say you have a business that quote unquote is operating because of your name and your expertise. Well, to, to whatever degree that's true, but don't think for a minute that you're not replaceable. So if somebody, if somebody wants to buy your business and they have the, at least the basic skill set to be able to learn the the whole skill set of what it takes to run your business, that person can take it over. But if you're the cook, the chef, the bottle washer, if you're all that, well, it's hard to get somebody to want to buy your business. So just because you built it under your name doesn't mean it's not sellable. It just, you got to make sure that the business isn't totally reliant upon you. Because if you're doing, if you're doing the work of three people and you call yourself self-employed and you own a business, I would say, no, the business owns you. Right. Totally. Oh, I totally agree. So now what about for people that are listening to this and saying, okay, well, how do I go about finding out what my business is worth? And to make it actually appealing for, for someone to want to buy? Well, if you just go to petersonacquisitions.com and you fill out the contact page and you just give us a brief description of your business, which is a lot of just click buttons, you know, just why you want to sell, what your revenue is, you know, have you lost the passion? Are you looking for a new adventure? Are you looking to retire? If you just fill out that quick form, we'll get back to you. We'll go through your numbers and we'll tell you exactly what your business is worth. Like I said, I think that anybody that owns a business should be doing that regularly, at least once a year, taking a look at what your business is worth. Mm-hmm. And I, I do that for free, by the way. Oh, awesome. And I don't charge for that. So it's, it's my way of putting my best foot forward, helping people understand what they have. And then if they want to come back to me after they've gotten through some of the emotional hurdles of deciding to let go of their business, then they can come back to me and we, we've already done the hard work of figuring out what it's worth. And what are some of the things, I mean, some people might say, well, I have somebody interested in my business. Why do I even need a broker? You know, you've got teeth, but you still go to your dentist to get them worked on. You don't want to do your own (laughs) dental work, 
right? Yeah. So that's the first answer, but the, and that makes that makes a really good point. But the second point is that there's so many people out there that say they're interested. So on any given business that I have, I might have a hundred people that say they're interested, but I got to put them through the paces of, you know, they've got to give me their financials. They got to sign a non-disclosure agreement. We've got to get to the bank. We've got to fill out SBA applications. We got to verify their funds. We got to do all sorts of stuff. So what business owners do is they get really hyped up and confused that they really got a buyer and they don't need a broker. Well, you might have a buyer, but I've got over 3000 buyers. And even if I thought that the one buyer that was going to come forward was going to be the one to buy it, most of the time I'm surprised it's somebody else. So brokers aren't, our job is not to give you a buyer. That's kind of a given. Okay. Our job is to get a deal done. I'm a deal maker. I'm not a, I'm not a buyer finder. You know, I'll, I'll have people, I will actually fire clients. I will not work with clients when they treat me like that. Find me a buyer, right? No, I, that's part of it, but I'm here to get the deal done. Yeah. Well, no, just find me a buyer. You know, I think I've got a buyer. I'm like, you know what? We're not a right fit. Because saying that you have a buyer is much like saying you have a membership to a gym. How many people are in fitness model shape? Okay, there's a difference between having something and being able to get something done with it. Yes. And so I'm paid a lot of money to get deals done. I'm not paid a lot of money to find buyers. It's a pretty treacherous journey that we go through to sell a business. It takes me about six months, usually 90 days intensively. And it's almost daily back and forth between the buyer and the seller and the bank and underwriting and SBA protocol and life insurance and all sorts of things, you know, lawyers and accountants and asset purchase agreements and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, to say that I'm there to find a buyer is only about 1% of what I do. And I would just tell people, trying to do a deal yourself is like walking over alligators on a tightrope. You might make it, but one slip and it's over. So if you really do have a good buyer, why would you want to take it the risk and slip and fall? It's kind of like OJ Simpson. If he didn't have those attorneys, where would he be? So you've got one shot, you know, so you don't, you don't want to waste it. Well, and the thing is too, is that it's not something most people, just because you are an expert in your business does not mean you are an expert in getting a deal like that done. I mean, that's a really huge transaction and there's things that you would miss. I'm always a fan of hiring the expert for something that I don't know about because A, I don't want to take the time to learn. B, I really don't want to mess up because that's going to be way more expensive to do so. And then it's like, why even bother going through with it? It's just, yeah, yeah I, I Yeah, totally and if you're, and if I, here's what I tell people to do because sellers are often surprised that it doesn't take a long, a lot out of them to to sell their business because I do most of it. And they say, well, Chad, what can I do? And I'll say, just keep running your business, keep your profits up. And if they're struggling with their passion, I'll tell them this. I'll say, remember back whenever you were really excited about this business, get back there. Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's going to take me six months. If you're, if you think this thing's about, about sold and you're putting your, you know, you're lifting your, your foot off the gas pedal and there's a decline in revenue, it's not going to happen. So just focus on your business. So if I, if I, let them get distracted during the sale, it could prevent the sale. So I just handle the the sale of the business on my own and I keep them undistracted. That way they can continue doing what they're doing. In other words, like you said, you know, trust the professionals. 
what are some things that determine the value of a business? Because I know a lot of people that just go to Google and search something and then they come up with the calculation and they're like, bam, that's it. That's my value. <laughs> then they're, yeah. then they're, you know, they're mistaken either positively or, or negatively. But can you talk about some of the real things that, that really determine the value of a business? Okay. The, the three most important things in this order is number one, cash flow. Number two, cash flow. And the last but not least thing that makes or breaks your company's value is cash flow. <laughs> yep. Okay. So what is cash flow? Cash flow is the net benefit to the owner. So it's not what you sent Uncle Sam in for your tax returns. It's not your taxable number. It's your taxable number plus your salary, plus your car insurance, if it paid for that, your your fuel, your meals, entertainment, flight, hotel, 401k, IRA, you know, car payments. It's all that stuff. It's whatever the business is doing for the business owner. Okay. That's cash flow. And as a general rule, you're going to take that times three. However, that does change. The multiplier changes. Because if it's a if it's, if it's an unattractive business, you're going to lose uh, a multiple on that. So let's just say it's lawn and landscaping, for instance. Let's just say you're making $300,000 a year in lawn and landscaping. Well, by the typical three multiplier, your business will be worth $900,000. But it's lawn and landscaping. It's very unsexy, okay? Nobody really wants to do that. There's a labor shortage. It's in, working in the hot sun. It's, 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 not, it's not an attractive business. So you're more than likely going to get 2.25 to 2.5x mm-hmm. cash flow. Whereas go to the other side of the pendulum, you've got businesses that are ran with a laptop and a cell phone and you can be traveling and you can run your business from afar. Those businesses can get up to say 4.25 times cash flow. So if, you know, if you're making $500,000 a year from a laptop, you could expect to sell your business for say $2.2 million or more. Right. The problem with those businesses is bankability. So if you have a business that is, you know, it's got a lot of freedom in it, you know, so the farther away that you can get from corporate America, basically, and the grind, the greater your sales price will be. That's kind of a general rule. So, you know, not being tied to a clock, being footloose, fancy free, most of it's ran by tech. If you can hand hand your computer to somebody else, you're going to get more value. But the problem is whenever you go to the bank, think about the assets that the bank are going to want in order to lend on that business. If I, if I take that business and go to the bank and they say, well, what are the assets? I'm like, well, you know, $5,000, you know, a really nice laptop and this, that, and the other. You know, they don't want to lend 2.2, $2.4 million on that. So now you have to have a stronger buyer for those types of businesses. So the value is really going to be how sexy your business is, how far away from corporate America grind your business is. And of course, the other factor is higher earnings. So let's just say you can get above 500,000, let's say you can get towards $600,000. Now you're getting into some rare air. You know, you don't, you don't walk around every day finding people that make $600,000 a year. So somebody's going to want that business more than a business that's making $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And so those $600,000 and above earnings or cash flow businesses can get more value on a sale. 
Right, right. Now, let's talk about somebody who's interested in in selling their business, but they're not, you know, like you're saying it's cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Mm-hmm. What happens to those businesses that aren't having those impressive numbers? You've got to sell for a, a lesser dollar amount. You just do. You know, let's just say it's, um, let's say you're making $125,000 a year and you're just not bringing in a lot of money. You're not going to get, and, and this, by the way, other brokers will argue with me, but I'm giving you the real world advice here. Mm-hmm. Other brokers, they like to just say what sounds nice. And I'm, I'm not one of those guys. You're not going to get three X for your business. If you're making 125 grand, the reason you're not going to is because somebody has to leave corporate America or leave their gig, whatever they're doing. And they have to go buy the business. They have to go lend, you know, the bank has to lend them money. They have to borrow money for that business. So let's just say you're making 125. and You don't have big cash flow numbers. You sell your business for 375 on a 3x multiple. That's only on a 10-year note. So $375,000 on 10 years is a pretty steep monthly payment. So why would somebody pay that much for it when the debt service payment is so high? Right. You really start getting into the multiples of threes, you know, three multiples above 200,000, 225. That's the threshold where somebody can psychologically and emotionally eat the debt service payment because they're moving up from their 80,000 or $100,000 a year job to so much more. They're basically doubling their money and and now they can justify it. But you're not going to get somebody that leaves their 80 or 90 or $100,000 a year gig to go make 125 minus a debt service payment that's going to get them below what they were making before they made the move. Right. And, you know, I would say if you are somebody who's thinking, oh, geez, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy my business right now. What are the things that you need to do now to, to get it to that desirable place? And there's, I, I think it's such a fantastic like exercise to go through even and that you should be consistently going through. But even if you are like, you know, I don't plan on selling for another two years, three years, whatever it is, just getting your business tight in terms of, you know, what are the expenses? How do I make it more profitable? What can we cut? Where do we need to grow? Those type of questions. I mean, it's phenomenal what it does for you in terms of your operations and just makes you a better, stronger business that you enjoy more at the same time. Sure. Yeah. The the main thing is to let go of, you know, cut the fat off when it comes to employees. If you've got, let's just say you've got eight employees and one of them's sucking you dry rather than, you know, bringing in revenue or making your business better, get rid of them because, you know, mouths are expensive to feed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you got somebody on a 60, $70,000 a year salary, go ahead and let them go if you can and give the responsibility to other people, save money that way. You know, if they're not essential or necessary to your business, get rid of them. Secondly, quit living out of your business. Okay. So if it pays for your car, pays for your fuel, pays for your cell phone, all that, that's great. Do that. But a lot of people make a lot of money and they write off everything. I mean, if they could write their their underwear off, they would write their <laughs> underwear off. And so when they come to me and I'm like, hey, and they're like, well, I make a lot more than that. I just write a lot of stuff off. I'm like, man, I, I'm not the IRS, so I don't, I don't care. But I can't get you the value for it. They're all, no, I, I probably made, you know, they'll say, I probably made $60,000 more that year, but I, you're not going to see it. And I'm like, well, if I can't see it, then I can't get it for you. So you have to, ma- you have to pay taxes, simply put, pay your taxes. I've got a guy right now, he's coming on board. His business is going to be worth 2.4 million. 
And I asked him who his accountant was. And he said, you know, I don't know what her deal is. It's like, it's like she just wants to murder me with taxes every year. And I said, well, I understand that, but she did you a really good favor because now you're in a really good position to sell your business because you haven't been living out of your business. So pay your taxes, pay the max taxation you can, which is contrary to what business owners really want to do. And instead of living out of your business, show your numbers, cut your costs. Don't be inventory heavy. That's also a big thing. A lot of people to reduce her taxation come December 15th, we'll just buy the hell out of inventory to knock down their taxation number. Don't do that if you're going to sell. Because then what happens is I go to sell your business and we're selling your business for a million dollars and you've got $700,000 of inventory back there. It's like, that's too high. It's too much, too much inventory. It's a good tax strategy, but it's not a good sales strategy. Yeah. And how many years are they typically looking at? Three years. Okay. Yeah, but they're not going to average them out. So if you have steady growth, let's just say you have 10 to 20% growth every year. But on the on the year you're selling, you have more growth because you fired somebody who wasn't really contributing. So you put some more money in your pocket there. You weren't inventory heavy. You were watching your expenses. If you have a, a bigger year, that's not exorbitant. I mean, you can't have a 100% growth year and get all your value. But if you had a 30 or 40% growth year, we can still get the value based off that last year because banks and buyers understand that whenever you go to sell, you got to be reporting and paying taxes and, you know, showing it all. So show your money, pay taxes on your money, be lean and mean, and I can help you. Awesome. And then one other quick question. I know people will ask something like this is that you had mentioned, you know, which I, I have I have seen this as well. People writing everything off in their business, and the IRS is like, "Hey, if you if you expense that, that's an expense." How are you know owner distributions and salaries and things like that? Is that something that gets factored into where the buyer would look at it and say, "Okay, here's here's an expense, but that went to the owner." So, yeah, that's that's the addbacks that I speak to. So if 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 you want to show the owner benefit, such as a vehicle, you know, I've got this guy here, he's got a, he's got an Escalade and he burns $200 a week through it. And his wife has a Jaguar and she burns about that through it. So, you know, that's an owner perk. You know, I ask him, how much, how much are you spending for your business? Well, not very much really. It's just, it's our personal vehicle. Okay. What, but but they're driving around. They're also doing business with it, but it's their personal vehicle. I mean, that's an add back, you know? Right. So we would add that back to the bottom line as an owner perk, the fuel and the actual vehicle cost and the insurance. That's all okay. add backs. So, so it'd be distribution plus salary plus company profit plus all add backs that are showable and sourceable. In other words, I can't add back things that I can't find in the tax return. Right, right. You know, and the other thing too is that if you're keeping it clean, every month and and every year, then it doesn't become this big overwhelming headache when you do finally go to to get your financials together. So again, I I just, I'm just such a fan of just always be operating as as if somebody's looking to buy because you're just going to make better choices. For sure. You are. It's, it's kind of like the gym analogy. You know, you, if, if you've been a fat slob for a year, you can't start on Monday and be fit by Tuesday. You know, you got to, it's a daily thing. You know, you have to, you have to be in that headspace to be making wise choices along the way. Oh, exactly. Chad, you've done so much. You have, you have two best-selling books, which is 
awesome. One of them, which super intrigues me, From Blue to White, A Working Mom's Guide to Self-Employment. Awesome. Yeah, A Working Man's Guide. Yeah, A Working Man's Guide to Self-Employment. Yeah, th- that business was created simply to show the common man how to become self-employed. So if you're out there and you're a tradesman, you know, if you're a roofer or a gutter guy or a carpenter or a carpet layer or a cabinet guy or a concrete guy or whatever. It's just, if you're in the blue collar world and you're making your $15 an hour and you're beating the hell out of your body, that's fine. That's a young man's game. But at some point you're going to have to have the skills because once you start getting around 40 years old, you can't, you can't move like the younger guys. And so now you got to be the guy that can go get the contracts and hire the younger guys. And that's what that book was all about. I love that. I, I just, I really love it. And, and I hope that, you know, even if you know somebody who's in that position, give them that to open up their mind, you know, to mm-hmm. think differently. You also have Swinging Doors, A Guide to Selling Your Company, which I'm guessing is going to cover, you know, we covered a little bit of that today. Yeah. And if they, if your listeners go to petersonacquisitions.com and they fill out and get the book, they can go to the website, get the book, fill out their email. I don't market them, you know, I don't market to them or anything like that. I just use their email simply to send them the book and it's a free download if they tell me that I was on, if they tell me that they heard me on your show. And then I can also help them get a free business valuation to figure out what their business is worth. That's huge. Thank you so much for that. And then you've got a podcast where you're talking about this stuff all the time and not only just selling and growing your business, but you're also talking about going in and buying a business because we focused on selling today, but there's also buying and what are the things that you need to look for and who do you need to have on your side as a broker to make sure that you're getting that that's all going as smoothly and efficiently as possible. Yeah, the podcast has been good. Really, most of my audience is they are self-employed. But a lot, of, a lot of my guests are CPAs, attorneys, former business owners, people that have sold their businesses, people in the community that have done really well, you know, public names that have done really well in their business so they can get a little marketing plug out there for themselves, but they can also teach other people how they got there. You know, just little nuggets of wisdom that are thrown out by anybody who's made it. That's really what my podcast is about. And we discuss buying and selling and growing businesses. That's what we do. That's awesome. I love it. So many good things from today, and we will definitely have a link to everything you talked about and also to get that book. We'll have that in the in the show notes. Chad, thank you so much. I think this is just so important, and especially now with things changing as they are and pretty much guaranteed to change. I think this is just so important to, to be thinking about. And if you're not, like you said earlier in the episode, it's a very scary position. You, you, you know, this firsthand. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and go subscribe and review this podcast? My goal is to continue to deliver you content that will really move the revenue needle in your business and give you up-to-date content on anything else that can dramatically help your business. You can also find us at thedrawshop.com slash podcast, where you can comment on the podcast or contact us directly with any issues you'd like me to address. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you listening and I'll see you next time.